0: City Center podcast from West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm Jerry Marcello. In 2022, Florida experienced what some say was the big one, a hurricane of staggering power that impacted millions of Floridians. Hurricane Ian made landfall on September 28th with sustained winds of over 150 miles an hour. Making landfall near Fort Myers, southwest Florida saw a storm surge 15 feet above ground level. Hurricane forest winds could be felt as far inland as Orlando. The National Hurricane Center estimated damage to be nearly 113 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars, the third costliest storm ever to hit the United States. This year, state and local governments are asking residents to remember the lessons of 2022 and take every possible step to prepare for a possible tropical storm or hurricane. West Palm Beach is no exception and with us today is Assistant Fire Chief Brent
1: Bloomfield. Chief Bloomfield, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Chief, preparation is key, isn't that right? Yes, 100 uh, percent. We should be preparing now. You don't want to wait till there's actually a hurricane in what we call the box outside of Florida. You want to be prepared before that storm is even on the horizon. So let's talk a little bit
0: about what we experienced last year with Hurricane Ian. We all saw those incredible incredible terrifying videos and pictures out of the area could something of that magnitude happen here
1: of course we had in 1992 hurricane andrew was on a beeline for us for palm beach county Mm -hmm. it just happened to be last minute it took a jog to the south and uh spared us from what they got down in miami Now, one of the things that was really in
0: play with Ian was the incredible storm surge. Mm. How about that? Is that something that we need to be be prepared for?
1: Yeah. So three years ago, we had Dorian sitting off the coast. And Dorian um, basically brought in 20 to 25 feet of storm surge in the Bahamas. And we all know what that did. I mean, there was telephone poles in there with water lines at the top of them. So we were prepared for that uh, a couple years ago with Dorian. We knew we were going to see a massive storm surge if it did come ashore on top of us. We have to prepare for that. And even, you know, we we talk about Ian from last year, but one we don't talk about is Nicole because we actually felt some really strong effects from Nicole. And one of those was we had flooding in the city. Wow. So we had up to uh, two to three feet of water in, in, a, in a lot of areas on Flagler Drive. So, and that was a weak category one storm. So if you're thinking of... And it all depends, storm surge all depends on how the storm comes in. Is the storm coming in directly? Is it coming in indirectly? Which way, which side of the storm are you going to get? So that all depends on storm surge. But could we get that? Absolutely. The one good thing we have here in West Palm is we do have a barrier island. So that does protect us from some things. But we also have two inlets, one north and one south of us. Mm-hmm. So that's still going to produce a lot of storm surge. Well, wow. So if you have a, have a home.
0: And you'd like to know if you're in a danger zone for flooding, what can a resident do?
1: So there's multiple different ways. Uh, one is you could go to, you could download Palm Beach County DART, which is a Palm Beach County a- application, which has a lot of the, the preparation items on it, but it also will tell you what your zoner is. You can go to the city of West Palm's website, westpalmbeach.org, front slash hurricane, and you could find out, you could find out that information there, or you could even go to FEMA's website. If you do FEMA flood, you can type your address in and it'll tell you what what. floodplain or what zone you live in. Okay, great. One of the things that we know from last year, was
0: we had some folks actually go out there Mm post-storm to see firsthand and to be of aid. What did they bring back? What stories did they bring back?
1: So we sent, um, we actually sent a lot of people over to the West Coast. We have uh, multiple, people from our fire department are part of the what we call task force two it's a state and a federal task force and they went over there we actually sent for the second time in 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 history of the state of florida we actually sent a type one hazmat team over there and what we found is that the water when the water came in like you said it was 11 to 15 foot in a lot of areas one of the things that they found is, the things that were washing up or the things that were getting pushed inland, it was blocking roads, number one. Uh, number two, they found that a lot of the LP tanks and ground were coming up. They f- a, there was a lot of things that you wouldn't th- necessarily think about that happened. Some of the, uh, we had some of the electric cars caught on fire in garages. And they were due to the, they, they don't know exactly why they're, they're theorizing that it could be the salt water They're theorizing that it could be, um, you know, from the, just the tossing of, of, with the water. So they're trying to figure all these things out. So we brought back a lot of lessons learned. So we always do an after action report whenever we have these big events. And part of that after action report is we talk about all the things that we just discussed right. and how we could, what we could do here to either mitigate those or prepare for them. Wow. Okay, so let's jump forward to
0: 2023. Um, mm. the, the tropics are quieter. Let's let's talk about what residents should be doing now, even though the tropics are quiet, right. to get ready for a possible storm.
1: So this is when we should be preparing. So at the fire department and, at, and actually in the city, we have policies. Part of those policies are we start back in April. We start April 1 prepping for hurricane season. So we start... Making sure our shutters fit, we start making sure that we have things in place uh, like our kits. We have plenty of water and fuel. It's no different for a resident. Residents should be doing the same thing. Residents should, if they have a generator, go get your fuel now. Don't wait to the last minute because you may be in line for a couple hours or you may not get fuel at all. Uh, make sure you have your f- food prepared. You know, we're talking about non-perishable foods, canned foods. We're talking about peanut butter, things like that. Make sure you have water, a gallon of water per person per day is the average. It used to be they would say, you know, prep for 48 to 72 hours, the new prep is in one week. You wow. wanna make sure you're sufficient for one week. Because what we're seeing with these monster storms like Ian and Michael up in the panhandle, what we're starting to see is that sometimes people are on their own for a little longer than, than what we averaged, which was 72 hours. Because you gotta think whenever whenever the storms come through, these major storms, <clears throat> what happens? They block the roadway they the causeways like they to one to pine island the one to sanibel they got knocked out nobody might be coming uh for sanibel i want to say it was 15 days before they actually got the the bridge back up and running so they were having to bring boats over to bring items to people know your zone is one of the most important things you need to know now because if you're told to evacuate you need to evacuate if you get 10 feet of if we got 10 feet of storm surge here that would probably go all the way to the ridge, which is past Quadrille. Wow. So that means the entire downtown area would be, be, you know, essentially under several feet of water. You're not getting out. You're not going anywhere. And we can't come and get you, especially if the winds are still high.
0: Wow. <clears throat> what about um, home insurance? Uh, preparation documents? Should we, should we be doing stuff now?
1: Yeah. So one of the things is make sure all your documents are in order. Make sure they're in a watertight, you know. I use Ziplocs at my house, the big gallon size Ziplocs, they're, they're watertight. I put all my important papers in there. The other thing that I would suggest that you do is that you, um, you, scan those documents and you put them in a folder that's accessible by cloud. So everybody has, like almost everybody nowadays seems like they have cloud storage. Or you put them on a a thumb drive and you put that thumb drive in a safety deposit box or something like that because that way you can access those after the fact and if you need them. Very good.
0: Um, I guess another question would be what would be the criteria for someone who is trying to decide whether they should – evacuate or should they stay in place is
1: what uh, the criteria is very simple there's zones a b c d and an e if you live in an evacuation zone and you're told to evacuate and let's say you live in a and b evacuate it's 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 pretty simple when you think about it i know a lot of people we we had issues and i'll give you some examples because i was up at hurricane michael we had people over at hurricane ian um you know we've had people in the past even in the city that were told to evacuate and didn't and Whenever you have that, if you get in trouble, the cavalry's not coming until the storm's gone. You know, we have to wait till the winds die down to a certain level before we can come out we can go out. Our trucks were not designed to go out in hundred mile an hour winds. They're like big boxes so they can get pushed over. So we wanna make sure that we don't do that. So really, people are on their own when
0: the, when the storm is really raging.
1: Yeah, when the storm's raging, I mean, especially if there's floodwaters, we can't drive fire trucks and police cars through five feet of water. It's just not gonna happen. It, our trucks wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if you're in a, an evacuation zone and you're under five feet of water, we can't come and get you. Right, right? okay, so it, it makes sense to evacuate. I'm gonna go to a shelter. What can I expect? Well, if you go to a shelter, you can expect that you're going to get about a 10-by-10-foot 10 10 area, r- roughly. You're going to get a cot. Um, they're going to have meals and, and water there. It's not going to be a, a five-star hotel by any means. You're going to be sharing public public bathrooms. You're going to be in a public area. Uh, you got to prepare for that. You, might, you may have in a gymnasium. You may have a couple hundred people in a gymnasium. Um, sometimes they spread people out on the... Um, and throughout the schools, because we use schools as, evacua- as evacuation um, shelters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so whenever they do that, sometimes they may put some people in some of the rooms, and you know, sometimes they're in the in, in common areas. You, there are there's no privacy, so no. just be aware of that. If you have pets or special needs, you need to go to the website now to fill out the paperwork so that you know they so that when you show up at those facilities they're prepared for you right. because there are a lot of there are special needs shelters and there are pet friendly shelters. If you show up at any shelter and you have special needs or a pet, you know you're going to be directed to go to one of those because they don't have the people there at those shelters that can deal with either your special need or a pet-friendly area.
0: That's really worth repeating, that things that that taking care of your pets will require special preparation. You're just not going to be able to walk in, and the same thing's true for special needs and for
1: special health issues. Correct, 1 million percent. That's the one thing that I would say if you have either one of those and you need to evacuate to a shelter, you need to be prepared now. Okay,
0: so let's move forward in our theoretical timeline. We now have official storm forecasts that say that, West Palm Beach is now in the cone. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to see a storm possibly in the next few days. What should folks be doing at that point?
1: So this year is going to be a little different. They're actually going to do a set, not necessarily a cone. They're going to do a seven-day outlook. So normally it was a three- to five-day. So now they're doing a seven-day. So people can start to maybe prepare a little earlier. However, the one thing that you have to realize is a lot of times those storms don't stay. Everybody looks at the middle of that track. That cone, it might be, that cone may be 400 feet wide and everybody tends to look at the middle going okay, it's coming right down the middle. That's not necessarily true. It could be at the northernmost part of that track or the southernmost. That, that, that's a 400 mile error cone. Right. So if that's the case, um, you just got to make sure that you're prepared now for that. That way, whenever that storm does come or follows that certain path and it does affect us directly, we're already prepared. That is one thing in emergency management that we talk about the most. It's about mitigation and preparedness. And being prepared means preparing now. And it's worth repeating. People have a tendency to focus on the little dotted line and say, oh, we're just east of that or we're just west of that. We're fine. That is absolutely not the case. Not the case. Because Dorian, uh, I mean, we can look back at the last several major storms. Ian, Dorian, uh, Irma, pick one. We were in the cone on all of those. We were in the direct path. Dorian was going to nail us and, and it ended up turning north. Ian was going to nail us and end up going south and wrapping around. Same thing with Irma. Same thing with, I mean, uh, Katrina even. You know, go back as far as Katrina. Katrina was supposed to come and nail us, went south through the Keys and up into Louisiana. These storms are still, even as good as we've gotten at predictability on those, we're still not able to predict them.
0: And it's most important to remember West Palm
1: Beach doesn't have a magic shield. No. (laughs) No, we've, you know, that's what's, you know, it's kind of, that's such a misnomer because... We've actually been hit by multiple storms. They just you know, Irma, they called it Trimageddon because we had so many trees down. We got category two force winds out of that storm. M- Nicole just last year, we were category one force winds. Mm-hmm. We we haven't dodged anything. We've been getting hit. We just haven't been getting the category three, four, and five storms. We are prepared for those but as you've seen in Michael, you've seen in Ian, you've seen in Katrina and Andrew, category 5 storms are devastating. No matter how much you prepare, they're devastating. You got to be prepared for that. Right. You got to be prepared that if these these monster storms hit us, what are you prepared to do at your house that you're not relying on the the cavalry basically to come in and save you because they may not be able to Yeah, that's,
0: that leads to the next question and it's perfect lead-in okay so in our theoretical situation here we have a storm the storm is here it's blowing outside what are our, what are the things we're telling
1: people what should we tell our residents to do and not to do so the thing the first thing is is you, whenever we got a storm that's aiming towards us we start putting out information days ahead So that information is make sure your kit's ready. Make sure your evacuation plan is ready. You know, we have major roadways, 45th Street, Okeechobee Boulevard, Southern, Belvedere, that evacuate outside of the east part of the city. Make sure you follow those when you go to evacuate. If you wanna know what the shelter, keep an eye on the news. They will. We actually feed the news information constantly. They have a little ticker underneath that they run continuously leading up to a storm. We also submit information via uh, text, email. If you're on Palm Beach County DART, you get tons of information from there. You know, we, we send out a lot of communication yeah. in regard before a storm comes. It just, you may make sure that you follow it as a resident. You're following the, the information that we're providing because that is the most important thing before a storm. What we also want to make sure that you you understand is, is it's not – if you're – so during Nicole, and I'll give you an example, so story. So during Nicole, I'm coming in to man the EOC. It's a – uh, it's probably – What's the EOC? I'm sorry, the Emergency Operations Center. I do that a lot. Sorry. <laughs> so the Emergency Operations Center. So I'm coming in to man the Emergency Operations Center, and it's probably 36 hours before Landfall and Nicole. 36 hours. People should have already been prepared. There's lines outside of the grocery store a mile long. And I'm just thinking to myself, what were you doing five or six days ago when you should have been getting stuff? I think that what happens is here, when, especially I've been in Florida since 1977. So my first hurricane was David. I'm, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> but so my first hurricane was David. During David, my family, because it was our first hurricane, we didn't know what to do. So my family drove to Orlando. Because we because we were in an old crappy house that didn't, that was just, it, you know, we didn't know back then about shutters or anything like that. We had jealousy windows. So we, my family drove to Orlando because we didn't know what to do during a hurricane. And David ended up going and hitting Orlando <laughs> and left West Palm alone. So what I, I guess the point to that story is, is, you know, make sure that you listen, make sure you're already prepared, make sure that that you look up, there's so many ways to look up information now in the information age. Go on YouTube, find out what a kit, how to make up a kit. Go, uh, go and look at previous some of our previous interviews for mm-hmm. the city, some of my previous interviews with the news. If you go look at that stuff, you'll see we talk about it constantly about preparation, and sure. that's what we're looking for.
0: And that's right, Chief. And we, and the city of West Palm Beach on its website has a hurricane preparedness guide that has a lot of the same information. As Absolutely. You came so that's a great source for people to tap yep. into. Okay, so the storm has passed. Um,
1: we've had a, a fairly
0: significant blow. What are the do's and don'ts
1: so first of all don't go outside i mean if you want to go out in your front yard check your house out of course you need to do that you need to go do a 360 of your house you want to make sure that there's no no trees leaning on your house you want to make sure your car's okay you want to make sure your roof's not caved in of course you want to look at those things what we ask is that you don't leave your area because there are nine times out of ten there's power lines down there's flooding in the roadway we're also what you also got to realize is that police and fire our calls get queued. So when a storm, when a storm gets to a certain miles per hour, we stop running. All those calls that are coming in, no matter what they are, get queued and then we go out and start answering those calls as soon as it's safe to do so. So we're out on the roadway, plus we there may there may be trees in the roadway. There may be um, you know, water that if you drive through it it'll push your car off the road. There's a lot of things that are dangerous post storm. And we don't want you to become part of the problem. Right. So help your neighbors, you know, be part of the solution. Make sure you check on your neighbors, make sure they're good. If there is um, areas that you can help clean up with your neighbors or yourself, do so. That's fine. Maybe help keep you busy. And I know we all get a little bit of cabin fever when a storm comes through, especially, I remember when Hurricane Francis came through, it sat on top of us for 36 hours. <laughs> we all had a little bit of cabin fever, but the last thing we want you to do is go out and become one of the problems, and now you're now we're having to answer another call of service for service. Chief, thank you for being <laughs> with us today. If yep. there's one message you want to deliver to the residents, what would it be? Prepare now. I mean, it's prepare now. It is get yourself ready. Leading into hurricane season. Make sure your your gas is filled up. Make sure if you got a generator, it's ready to go. Make sure that you have your food supplies and water supplies up and running. And here's the thing. Once you know, if if hurricane season goes by and you don't need those supplies, use them before the next hurricane season. Drink the water, eat the food, use the gasoline in your car. You know, that's the one thing that I can tell you is those those things that you buy now will help you during season, and if you don't use them, you can always use them after season. There you go. I want to thank you for
0: talking with us today. No uh, we appreciate everything you guys
1: do and all the services you give to keep
0: residents safe. Okay. You can learn more about hurricane preparation, including flood information, lists of shelters, and how to get the latest storm-related news by visiting the city's hurricane readiness guide. It's on the website at wpborg hurricanes. Thank you for joining us on the City Center podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and if you did please subscribe. We'll be covering a lot more topics of interest to West Palm Beach residents in the weeks to come. Feel free to send us your comments or ideas for future podcasts to our email address podcast at wpb.org. Until next time this is Jerry Marcello. Thank you for joining us.